1: let's begin today we are headed to manhattan new york to chat with olivia whiteman olivia is an author speaker and a course creator. She has many, many projects, and she's here to talk with us about all these amazing things that she has been doing. So, Olivia, welcome to the RV.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for inviting me to share and to hear all about what you're up to as well as I'm very happy
1: to speak with you, Olivia. And I heard that you attended a week-long silent retreat. It sounds like quite an experience. So can you tell us more about it?
0: Sure. (laughs) My friend had cancer, and she wanted to go to a silent retreat. And she didn't want to go alone in case she needed to go to the hospital. And I didn't really wanna go, but I said, okay. And I thought, okay, I'm not gonna do the silent retreat. I'll just stay in my room. But once I got there, I said, why not do it? And it was a week long and my friend was fine. Nothing happened to her, she was safe. But when the silent retreat was over and people started talking, I was so surprised how loud the noise was from a week of like the only thing you could hear are birds. to yes they had an opportunity to talk every evening they gave a lecture but other than that it was silent and only one person at a time was talking during the lecture and the volume of people speaking all at once because they had nothing they could Uh share for seven days all blocked was um just overwhelming but the other thing that happened during the silent retreat was they said that wait wait for things to happen because you think that nothing is happening while you're being silent but what really is going on is you're going within and you're experiencing things that will come up for you and when i left the retreat within like 2 weeks all of a sudden i decided that i wanted to create boundaries with certain friends i wanted to be i mean became more aware of what i was eating and i had decided from that day on to continue to meditate on a daily basis. I have been meditating since I was in high school, but I didn't do it on a regular basis. And I just think anyone who's not meditating should give it a shot (laughs) because it's like a most wonderful experience you can give to yourself. I think silence
1: retreats can be intense and transformative. Yes,
0: Olivia? Yes. And I think that people don't really get like... Sometimes people think it's meditation and nothing will happen, you'll be in silent. But there's a lot of people crying in the middle of the meditation because people have forgiveness, they have trauma, they have um, loss of loved ones. And when you're in silent, it comes back. The things that you might be hiding because you're so busy running from place to place, activity to activity that you don't give yourself a chance to really um, get connected to your emotions.
1: Exactly. Was it difficult to disconnect from, for example, technology and other forms of communication or were you able to use like iPhone, iPads?
0: I thought it was going to be. I, since I had come from my friend, I just, you know, brought my iPhone and my headphones, never used it, brought like I love to do bracelets, chakra bracelets, never created it. Once I got there, I decided, why don't I just experience it? And I stayed with the whole thing. I did exactly what they had asked of us. And uh, it was not difficult at all. It was actually very relaxing. And the thing that you do notice is like you're sitting in a, you have pretty, you can sit everywhere you want, but most people sit in the same place. When someone doesn't show up, it bothers you. You're wondering, are they okay? Yeah. Did they not show up because they don't feel well? Did they not show up because they just something else has happened to them? And so it takes a few minutes all away from your meditation because people don't realize how important they are. And when they don't show up, even for a silent retreat, they you worry about them, you're connected to them, we're all connected. And in a silent retreat, you realize how much so. I I think I will try someday, because I talk a lot. Yes, you (laughs) love it. And if you don't love it, that's also something to be aware of. And one of the things I love to do is journal my emotions and i don't have to journal much sometimes i just journal one or two keywords a day of what's going on for me and i always put every day in my diary little smiley faces when i have little wins and on the days that i don't feel good i look through my diary smiley face smiley face smiley face which means Mm -hmm. i had a win so that today i don't feel like i have a win i just know it's temporary i'm gonna have a win again because i've had them before I love this.
1: And Olivia, talking about writing, because you're telling about journaling, what inspired you to become an author and editor?
0: And how did you get started in the industry? I like holistic things ever since I've been in high school, you know, from creating chakra, beaded bracelets and taking meditation classes and learning about crystals. And that just stayed with me. And I kept going to holistic and wellness fairs. And I just thought it would be nice to share this with other people, but writing a book can be very daunting. And when I told people that I wanted to write a book, they said, you can't write. And I'm thinking, maybe I can't write as well as you think, but I can hire an editor, I can hire a proofreader. Why would someone want to discourage someone who wants to write and tell them that they're not good enough or that they cannot do it? So I did, and I did hire some people to help me, not to write, but to help me with the grammar. I was nervous about it. Uh And I wrote a book, and I decided that maybe other people would like to write and have the same thoughts that I do, that it's too daunting to write one whole book and just contribute to a chapter. The other thing is, like, I love helping people succeed in their dreams, especially their business dreams. So most of my books are um, chakra related and I love to give opportunities to coaches, to authors, to people who have holistic uh, practices to get a chance to share their knowledge. And one of the things that I do is when I read their chapter, it has to give value to the reader. It's not about them. They yeah. just get a little blurb at the end so that they can ex- people can explore their this person's knowledge further. But it's about giving benefits and knowledge. And what I like about writing compilation books is like you could talk about prayer, you could talk about crystals, you could talk about essential oils, you can talk about meditation, and they're all different ways. Let's say for the chakras to align your chakras. And I just got started because I didn't feel like. People should feel that they can't do something they want to do because it's daunting, and mm-hmm. I love it. And the thing that um, is kind of interesting is for someone who's not a writer, I pull the best out of people, I make them shine, and I didn't really realize it till some of the people in my book are, you know, um, best-selling authors several times and very successful. And when they submitted their essay to me, I think they thought that that was going to be fine. It was going to be perfect exactly as it was. And it was, there was nothing wrong with it, but I noticed how it could be better. And I contacted them and I said, I love your writing. I just think we could make it just a slightly better by doing something else to it. And they're like, well, what do you have in mind? And then they would say to me, wow, you're really good. And hearing that from someone who's already a best-selling author with a successful practice was what I needed to, you know, increase my confidence in my abilities. You basically coach people also on how to improve their writing? I do, but I think it's more like I can't help myself. I have to help people. I have to make people the best that they can be. And so you can hear and see if someone is open to it. And if they are. And if I see that there's a way to just up-level them, I share. And if they want to take advantage of my thoughts and move forward, I it's a win-win for both of us. Most people say yes because I'm very picky about who I approach. I have to really love what they're doing. It's very hard to spend hours with someone when you're not interested in their topic. So I think because I pick things that I'm interested in, like the chakras, um, it's easy to fall in love with the authors and the writers. And I actually have taken most of the classes and most of the treatments from people who I put in my book, because I think I want to know that they're real, that they have something to offer. And even if it's like their first year in business, I give them a shot. And if Mm -hmm. I feel like they're, um, a, a gem, an unknown gem waiting to be discovered, that just excites me even more. Yeah. I know that you've put together an anthology yourself, so you mm-hmm. must understand um, how it all goes about and how much pleasure it is, and um, yeah. I think it's great that you put together an anthology.
1: Thank you. I noticed that you have multiple projects going on, and one of them is the book Harmony in Chakras, Volume 1, which features contributions from 30 different holistic practitioners. And I know that it's not an easy task to gather so many people.
0: Well, the thing is, um, Harmony in Chakras, Volume 1, had 30 people giving their perspective on how to align the chakras. Then when it was over with, I think you'll, you'll you'll know this too it's like every time you do a podcast you want to do another one so when the book was finished I wanted to do another one Harmony and Chakras volume two is all about how to deal with emotions and it came out during the COVID pandemic and now we're working on Harmony and Chakras volume three which is for parents and kids and also for entrepreneurs because a lot of the things I do are with entrepreneurs is in mind. So how can you be an entrepreneur working at home when you have little kids so you can still grow your business? How are you balancing your chakras? And in this volume, the first two volumes, the people worked with the chakras in this volume. I just have experts in their field. And I am the one who's going to share in the book, um, which chakras are being affected. By what's going on in that entrepreneur's life, how to raise a healthy and happy athlete, how to raise a happy and healthy musician, how to raise just a happy and healthy kid while you're still working. And also there's some articles and essays on how to build your brand, because that's all about having your solar plexus confidence, also having your heart feel that You know, you want to share what you love and what you're passionate about. And while you're all while you're doing that and running a business, you still want to give love to your family. And at times it can be very stressful to be, you know, a parent and to be an entrepreneur and to be just people's friends with people. It takes a lot of time to balance. So I think one of the things that I do is meditate every day. I write in my journal every day and I also color because these things lead you to being relaxed. They lead you to being focused. They give you calmness. And we must find a way to have harmony in our life.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. You're completely right. And Olivia, in addition to chakras and holistic healing, you have also written a compilation book to honor fathers entitled Honoring Dad Every Day. Can you... I will call upon you to do a service for me Play the Godfather Now at Chumpacasino.com Welcome to the family
0: No purchase necessary VGW Group Voidware prohibited by law 18 plus Terms and conditions apply With Lucky Land Slots You can get lucky just about anywhere Honoring dad every day really had to do with my friend losing her father. And it was just a couple of years after she lost him. And sometimes we don't really get the loss till years later. And it just hit her so sadly. And I said, I think we need to do something to honor your father, let's write a book. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. again, the task of writing a book is so daunting. So she said, I can't write a book. I said, well, you could write an essay. Mm-hmm. And then we put the journaling prompts, and after the essay and the journaling prompts, I um, was just sharing what I was doing with other people, and they're like, "Could I write about my dad? Could I put talk about my father?" And the stories are so touching, and they're from people who are twenty years old to people who are in their nineties, and it's amazing. Like you're you're ninety four years old and you're still thinking about your dad and how he used to give you ice cream and something that just every time you eat ice cream, what do you do? You think about your father. And I think a lot of times we don't realize that we're never going to be forgotten. We think that once we're no longer here, that people are going to forget us, but they don't. And they remember us on their birthday, on our anniversaries on special occasions and I think that's really wonderful and the book is really small and people have said that um, they've read it over and over again what I just wanted to say is that people don't forget their fathers and what was also difficult for me was some of the people who I approached to see if they wanted to the book they go they had a very terrible relationship with their father And some of them decided that they were going to do the journaling in the book anyway. And they said that it helped them heal. Because sometimes, even though you might not have a parent that loves you the way you want to be loved, there are always a moment here and there that you can remember that was a good moment. And um, it was kind of nice to know that because it touched my heart when I hear how many people don't have good relationships with their parents because their parents were abusive and just didn't celebrate them and make them feel worthy there are many,
1: many cases like this. And also, Olivia, you mentioned that you find inspiration in a multitude of things. Can you share a recent example of something that has inspired you and how it has impacted your work?
0: Well, I think one of the things that people probably will not believe is I love toys, especially Mm -hmm. action figures, from films and from Mm -hmm. comic books and from movies and I collect them. And in my head, I have this vision of one day having a toy museum and the toy museum wouldn't be just about the toy, but what happened when that toy got released? What was going on? What was the price of milk, bread, gas? What was the political headlines? Mm. And then I also thought about, because people say, I was looking for toys, but a lot of toys that I wanted were no longer being made. Or if I found them, they were broken. Then I got inspired to say, I think we should find kids who've had a toy to the point where even their leg went off or their head got off. Mm -hmm. They put them back together. They taped them. And to write stories about how much they love their toy. No matter what state of repair that toy was in, that toy brought them happiness. And so I think I'm always inspired by by what's going on around me I love conversations mm-hmm. I love listening to things I know nothing about that's one of the things that's great about your podcast it's I don't know what I'm going to get you talk about you know you talk with famous musicians I really like the interview with the guy from Tennessee whose aunt met Elvis I was like oh so cool <laughs> and then you know then you also talk about serious topics the dancer who had come from a family of abuse and it's interesting to not to just really get that the world is full of all kinds of people mm-hmm. and we can learn from all of them we can learn from people with happy experiences and we can are also gifted by people whose life wasn't so good because life doesn't have to change It can transform to something wonderful and positive. We create our life. And that's why I like to write these books, because the stories make people think in different ways. I know that you've been doing
1: a lot of great things, even organizing retreats.
0: Um, Yes, but I, um, I hate to say COVID just put a lot of stop to a lot of things because you're not sure who what's going to happen, who's going to come, and it gets complicated. So I think if I do a retreat, it'll be a virtual Zoom retreat, come and connect with people. <laughs> I am putting an event on in, um. well, it's not my event. It's Dusty Simmer. She's doing an event with a bunch of women and a man on, mm-hmm. it's called I Am Enough, because a lot of people, they don't think they're enough. They're not sexy enough. They're not smart enough. They're not, you know enough in all kinds of things so it's kind of nice to collaborate with her and the authors and the speakers to do an i am enough event and um i i would like people to write stories and compilations and if you allow me i have a gift for your readers but only if you allow me yes of course. i would like to um anyone who wants to get a free pdf on the do's and don'ts of writing a compilation book. I will be happy to give that to them. All they have to do is send me an email. It's um, Olivia Whiteman 1111 at gmail.com or they can find me on Facebook. But I'm surprised there are a lot of Olivia Whiteman. So I'm Olivia Whiteman, the nine. <laughs> Olivia.white.9. Dot dot so either send me an email, Olivia Whiteman 1111 at gmail.com. And if you put in the header do's and don'ts, or 20 Do's and Don'ts for Writing a Compilation Book, I'd be happy to send you that um, so that you can see how to write your own compilation books, get your friends together, and work on a theme, whether it's about not being enough, the chakras, or anything that you're interested in, Um, even science fiction books, whatever. I think it's good to share.
1: Yes, thank you for giving this gift to our listeners, and also I'll be sending you an email because I, I'm i more than curious to know about these 20 do and don'ts. And finally, Olivia, what do you hope readers take away from your books? And what impact do you hope they have on your readers?
0: Well, I have a very idealistic view. I believe that we can have global peace. So one of the things I think is I would like people to stay calm and to find ways to feel peaceful. When you, pe- when you are at peace with yourself, then you're at peace with your family members, your community, the nation, and the world. And it sounds idealistic, but I still want to think that in my lifetime, I will see world peace.
1: Hopefully, this generation maybe can change many things yes Olivia
0: yes 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 let's change let's have more fun more joy more peace in the world and in our life
1: yes so Olivia I just want to tell you that I couldn't be happier to have you here today I am in Manhattan with my RV you are here with us come back when you have another project another thing to tell us Please come keep
0: doing this amazing work. I'll be waiting for you for our next night. Thank ride. you so much for inviting me. And I think what you do is really important. I'm glad I found out about you. I will be following you more. Thank you. Have a beautiful day and thank you.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe
0: plus.